Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome back to the Growth Island Podcast. My name is Mass Please, and I got the pleasure of being your host again. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is really about how do you live an inspired life? How do you become unstoppable? And for that, I got an author that wrote a book on this exact subject. She wrote the book, 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Invisible. She's been coaching a ton of people. I've really been looking forward to get her on. So today, I got a Whitney Fryer. As we say in Scandinavia, but Freya, I think it is more the American accent. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. So Whitney, how did you uh, get into writing a book about living an inspired life and how to be unstoppable? Well, honestly, this process, it's really a, a meditation practice, was given to me right before New Year's in 2018. And... The question for me has always been, I think much like yourself, like how can we create the art that is our lives in a way that makes us happier, fulfilled, passionate about life rather than feeling the opposite? And I actually spent 20 hours in complete darkness. I put the sleeping mask on and and the first thing I got in meditation was a sacred geometric figure known as Metatron's Cube. And Metatron's cube is the intersection of an upward-facing and downward-facing pyramids with these six circles around the outside. So if you look up Metatron's cube, that's what you see. And the first thing I understood was that sacred geometry could be a bridge. I work with yantras a lot, which are visual mantras. So sacred geometry is such that using it in meditation can help bring us into that present moment quicker, sooner, faster. And then the next message I got was when you, kind of humanity, learn how to focus on those things that make you happy. When we focus more on, from an energetic standpoint or vocabulary, higher vibration emotions or elevated emotions, what you're going to be doing is caring for yourself as an energetic vibrational being and kind of creating this energetic space around you that because energy behaves in the truth that like attracts like, that the higher vibration you maintain for yourself, the higher vibration you're going to attract and think about and all those things. So I came out of that meditation and began writing 30 Days to Unstoppable. My work with clients is helping them to live as life artists. And so when you're painting, right? You focus on what you want to create. You pick colors that you like. You're picking a subject that inspires you. And what I believe is that makes visible what's going on in the inside of our mind all the time. And it's so easy, um, especially right now, to be focusing on what isn't going right, what we don't want, what we're afraid of. And we know the myriad of physical, emotional, ripple effects that that has. So 30 Days to Unstoppable, first and foremost, is a practice, a wellness practice. Since everything exists as energy first, 
let's care for ourselves on that level so that things don't have to manifest in the physical in order to get our attention, right? Sure. Um, and then the other aspect of it has been the fact that we're creating this reality, painting images in our mind all the time. And so how can we do that more effectively? And so the practice is kind of training ourselves to focus more on what we want. So it's been a really exciting ride. And I wrote this all, you know, before 2020. <laughs> yeah. It was in the final edits. I was, well, actually, I started teaching an online program to finish the book. And so I'm teaching online starting January 2020. And I spontaneously described it as a Noah's Ark. I'm like, you guys were creating like this energetic Noah's Ark so that whatever happens in the external world, we will be safe, secure, and loved in this space that we're consciously creating. And then the pandemic rolls in and we all just looked at each other. Oh my gosh, because it was so obvious that, that this was going to become more and more important. Mm. So, so it's been amazing and it's such a wonderful conversation. And hey. the other aspect, the third aspect is that to truly become unstoppable, it's realizing that these passions, these ideas that you have are really wanting to come through you, right? In Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic, she talks about how ideas are kind of circling around looking for hosts, right? So we're the on the ground transition place from energy to become matter. So when you become aware of the fact that you're really co-creating these ideas and dreams of yours into reality, then you become unstoppable because you're yeah. not... You're not relying on your own historical experience up until now or what your ideas are about what you're good at or not good at. You can kind of trust and take those steps into the unknown because you understand that this idea that's got you so lit up inside is wanting to come through. So it's more like following the breadcrumbs rather than trying to control the process. Fascinating. So Whitney, I have a lot of different listeners. Um, some are... Um, very, what is, I can start another place. I love the spectrum from double blindness studies to ancestral wisdom, something that I talk very often on the podcast. And some of my listeners are very much like everything needs to be double blindness studies. And some people are more in the ancestral wisdom. Uh, yeah. And this area of energy is something I find extremely fascinating. Um, and it's something that's getting more and more attention. And I personally believe that it's going to be one of the areas that we're going to, we, we used to look at meditation. In Western science, and say that's crazy. There's nothing around it. Like we, that's dumb. There's woo woo. Uh, the brain can change after we become adults. That's a scientific fact. Like um, so, that was kind of like science evolves, right? Um, and I believe personally that the kind of something about energy is one of those fields together with water actually uh, that we're going to start learning more and more about. I heard some, so there's Joe Dispenza that many people know is very famous about talking about this matter and energy and so on. I think The Secret is the book that many people swear to that also talks about energy and likes attract and so on. Um, from just for my listeners, if they haven't, the ones that are fully double-blinded studies, if they're still listening, if they're like, okay, I'm still curious, uh, where are we currently on like the more westernized studies? I know there's something about an institute in California, the heart institute or something else where they've been able to use more western science to actually prove that this energy uh, can be proven with western science and not just something we feel because most people can intuitively feel 
being good energy and we're around certain people and our whole being is different. If someone comes into the room and we don't see so many people intuitively have experienced energy, yet they still don't believe in it, right? Right, right. Well, the source really of our current science around energy is quantum physics. And, you know, quantum physics is a science that was negated and laughed at and scoffed and swept under the rug for about 40 years until the technology advanced to the point that we could actually observe matter at a quantum level. And that's where we discovered that everything's energy, that when you look at anything on a quantum level, it's atoms and electrons and things like that. So quantum physics has proven things like the brain does not distinguish between real and imagined events, right? The, the stories of the POWs, there's a, a golfer, I can't remember his name actually off the top of my head, but he had been, um, so there's a POW story around golf, but there was another one where he was, uh, this golfer was in a head-on collision with a semi-truck and full body cast for eight months kind of thing. And nine months after getting out of the hospital, he won the U.S. Open. And he collapsed at the end of the 18th hole, physically collapsed. And everyone was amazed. And he said every day, lying in the hospital bed, he played that course over and over. So that's one thing that quantum physics has proven. And That also and goes to the, um, I don't know where I read it, and I don't have the source, unfortunately, longer for the study, where uh, you had a group that was like exercising, lifting weights. And the other group was just doing it in their head. Uh, and one group was doing nothing, I think, a control group, right? Uh, and yes. the people that lifted weights got the most results. But the people that just imagine lifting weights in their like mind also got like fairly good results, uh, which is, is fascinating, like how we're starting to learn more about it. Like, that's one of the things of my podcast are like, I love to get both double blind studies and talk about the things that are like evolving in science, but then you can test on yourself and then see that this actually works really well for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the other thing with energy that they've easily discovered is that energy attracts similar vibration energy, like attracts like. So dissonant energies cannot entrain, right? So if you are in a bad mood, right? If you're operating in a lower vibration, if you're constantly, which the culture encourages you to do this, right? To focus on what's wrong, the kind of predominant victim mentality that we all are aware of, that we've all danced with many times in our lives. But that frequency, that energy of why is this happening to me, where you're looking outside of yourself and blaming things outside of you, and that's inherently a lower vibration. And you will not be able to attract on an energetic level, as proven by quantum physics, you will not be able to attract higher vibration energy which is possibility and solutions. And what if I did this? That's why I love creativity and encouraging people to develop their own creative practice because creativity can only operate when there is possibility, right? So, so this is where we want to get to is understanding that, sure, the low vibration happens. Like we get feelings that are not good. It's very easy to connect with those, turn on the news or anything else. The call is to understand as an energetic being, if I spend my time focusing on that lower vibration energy, I'm going to, my energy will naturally lower to match that, right? If I pull up a chair 
and say, oh, yeah, stay with me all day. I'm going to have to lower my energy in order to stay entrained with that, whatever caused that feeling. So on the flip side, we can allow the, the bad news, the problems in the world to illuminate for us the contrast, right? That's why these things are happening. The bad feelings are coming to be like, hey, yeah, we don't like this. Like, you don't, this doesn't make you feel good. So what is it that it's illuminating? What is the solution? So if you're upset about the state of the environment, so feel that and be like, okay, what can I do? What does this show me? What is this inspiring me? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So these negative feelings are actually meant to propel us into solutions, not to hold us down. And that's just the part that hasn't been taught widely in the modern world. So what are some things to, uh, we can do to become unstoppable to, uh, I guess some of it is like raising our energies is part of right. it. Right. So the blueprint for unstoppable dream and becoming unstoppable is to develop in your mind this image of Metatron's cube, which is literally a geometric figure symbolizing ourselves as both light and matter right? We are consciousness and we're bones and gristle kind of thing. And the six spheres of wellness, which are the circles around. So here's just for those of you watching the video, right? This is Metatron's cube. So you are in the center. You are creating your reality, which is another uh, pillar of quantum physics in the light experiment where they found if you look at light, looking at it as a, a wave, it's a wave. And if you look at it as a, I'm forgetting the other word, like the, just the straight line, yeah. and you see it that way, right? So it's the split light experiment. So you're creating a meditative practice where you ground, right? So a very common meditation is to ground yourself. So really feel yourself as matter and rooted to the earth. Um, which we know we're dependent on the air and the food and the resources that we get from our planet. And then also chart, receive the light, the energy, the consciousness, the energy that fires you up. See yourself as that union. And then the spheres of wellness are really a reminder. I picture in The Wizard of Oz when Glinda the Good Witch arrives in that glowing orb. So I imagine these six spheres of wellness around kind of like that. And their love, compassion, courage, alignment, gratitude, and presence. And so you're kind of checking in, focusing on keeping those energies full. And and I'm not speaking literally, of course, right? But if you can answer, what are things that you love? Like I talk to a lot of people, what do you do that brings you joy? What do you love? And they're like, well, a couple of years ago, I took a trip to, you know, the beach. I like the beach, right? They're not prioritizing spending time focusing on or doing things that they love. And that's Practicing. very common. Yeah. I find the same when I talk to people like, okay, so what makes you happy? What brings you joy? And so on. Often you get like that blank look. Right. And it's not that people aren't usually doing things that they love, but they're not tuned into it, right? I mean, it can be, I love my you know, cup of tea in the morning. I love sunrises and sunsets, but have, we want to have those, the answers to that question, right? We want to have that on the tip of our tongue. Compassion, right, is a powerful one. So someone cuts you off in traffic. Are you, do you allow that external circumstance to 
get you all angry and you're saying not nice words through the car window kind of thing. Or compassion, like, wow, they must be feeling rushed or maybe they're hurt or whatever. So life will respond when we allow love, compassion. Courage is one of my favorite ones. People are constantly driven and motivated by fear. Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get sunburned. I'm afraid I'm going to get mosquito bites. There's so many little ways that we're constantly in fear. I mean, even a lot of the kind of biohacking, fear of getting older, fear of getting wrinkles, fear of, you know, losing your whatever. So can you focus on what you want, have the courage to take steps into the unknown, right? Alignment is something like, say the classic, you're in a job that you don't like and you want to quit. So we tend to focus on, I hate the job. These are all the reasons why I hate the job. These are all the reasons why I want to quit. So what if instead you spent two weeks, three weeks focusing on those things that you love that are in alignment, right? And what happens is when you start spending more and more time honoring, focusing on the things that are in alignment, the things that aren't literally energetically have to kind of fall away. And this happens all the time with clients. Like either they'll get fired from their job within those three weeks, (laughs) they will um, get offered another job or they'll find something else to do, or the job itself will change. I just had a client share a story where she was in a very toxic work group within a federal government agency here in the United States. And and within a couple of weeks, she got a call. We're dissolving your group. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And who do you want to work with? She was able to create her whole own team doing more of what she loved. So now she's happy at work and then nurturing these other things that she's doing. So, so I'm giving people a blueprint to help you kind of not only focus on these higher vibration energies, but through the sacred geometry, through this using the yantra, it gives your mind something to focus on. So you can think of it as a disruptor or distracting the kind of logical fear-based mind with the symbol and the image and the spheres of wellness, right? And you're kind of checking in, you learn how to check in. Okay, my sphere of gratitude is low. I haven't, I haven't been thinking about all the things I'm grateful for. So as you're driving, as you're doing the dishes, as you're, you know, waiting for a video to load, you can just start looking around and be like, oh, I'm grateful for these walls. I'm grateful for the light shining in the windows. I'm really grateful for windows. Like all of that will attract more for you to be grateful to. Do you do a gratitude journal as well? I have in many different forms. My paintings, a lot of the paintings, I'll take one of the spheres of wellness so say it's gratitude and you just start painting into the right onto the canvas all the things you're grateful for and then you paint over that with color and then you end up painting whatever comes through at the end but underneath the layers is your statements of gratitude so i love exploring different yeah. kinds of ways to do that so that meditation uh, is it something that's in the morning or does it matter when you do it oh it doesn't matter when you do it absolutely and but first I encourage people and there are guided meditation audios and YouTube videos and things like that that are available. But I encourage people to kind of get to know the process, right? Get to know this grounding, charging, and focusing on these spheres of wellness, which might at first feel 
unusual, might not feel familiar or comfortable, but with repetition three or four times, you understand it, you start to feel it. And then throughout the day, you might like, ooh, alignment comes in and it's okay. What would be most in alignment for me right now? So we, just like you had mentioned, focus on the things that you want, the things that you want to expand and the other elements of your life have to come into resonance with that. Otherwise, we're allowing external circumstances to determine our frequency, right? And so we have given over control to something outside of us that we can't control. And that is going to lead to, it just gets a lower and lower frequency, so to speak. So what do you think about how uh, the world right now, many people that uh, are into frequencies and so on say like we have a special time in the world where everything is fear-based, right? And can be very hard to figure out like what's going on right now and so on. How how does one protect themselves in this um, in this weird situation uh, while not just like sitting in your own little bubble and not doing anything? Because you also said courage was one of them, right? So that's also doing something and not just sitting with yourself. Absolutely. I mean, we're here to create. I mean, creativity is like our prana; it's our breath. We're doing it all the time. I mean, everybody is creative. Everybody solves problems. Everybody gets up in the morning and takes the steps to get to wherever you need to go. But right now, the most important thing is to receive the outside input. I mean, I am trying to stay informed, right, on the world events and things like that to participate because I feel like if I check out and the people that are interested in love and higher vibration all check out, then we're giving over power to other people. And then allowing the news, the circumstances that frustrate me or whatever to inspire, whether it's first just something I can do, be the change you want to see in the world, and then likewise, take action. So it's a much more empowering process, right? Where you're recognizing the role you play in creating this reality called life on earth. And, and what we're seeing is a reality that we've created from a predominantly fear-based kind of power over mentality. And for a lot of us, it's happened just because we haven't had awareness about how much we are influencing our reality. So the more of us that focus on what's possible, what we want, the better we'll be. And the reason we're in this highly contrasting uh, time right now where everything's coming into the light, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, it's all coming to light so that we can see it, so that we know what's really out there, so that we can choose whether or not we want to keep it around or not. So it's an inevitable part of the creative process. And it happens, it's how it's darkest right before the dawn kind of thing or the calm before. Contrasts is what creates change. So we're in a tremendously creative time. And the most important thing we can do first and foremost is focus on what's possible and live in alignment with that reality, choosing to believe that things are going to come kind of into a different kind of order and in allowing your thoughts and words and actions to support that rather than be fighting against it. So 
it is the messy middle, so to speak. So people who want the exact next step, well, the exact next step is to be the change you want to see in the world. And that starts with energy. So when you're out there, whether you're waiting in the grocery line or communicating with colleagues or talking to a child, focus on what is possible in this situation. What would be the best case scenario rather than slipping into the stress and fear and worry of what might possibly happen that is the last thing you want to happen? Also, that- that's the best way to inspire people. Um, that if they see you come with like this good energy and so on, more people are inspired to be curious about what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned it at the beginning. I mean, we all know people that walk in the room and, you know, light up the room. And more obvious is the people that walk in furrowed brow, grumpy, barking orders, right? The the whole room just dampens down. I was just doing an interview with like an athletic trainer, performance trainer. And we're talking about when you're watching sports you can see very easily how the energy can shift, whether it's tennis or basketball or football. Someone makes a mistake and hangs their head and it's just like a domino effect. The whole energy of that team goes down. And so that's another really powerful way. If you're anyone skeptical, watch, watch a tennis match or watch a golf game or watch a, a basketball game and watch the energy shift. People have high levels of physical performance, but without the mental game, right? It's not going to work. So that's what we're talking about, the positive psychology and the self-awareness and meditation and all that is how can we become um, radically aware of our thoughts and our desires and then focus on what our desired outcome is and then curate to a large extent our actions so that the steps we take are in alignment with that future reality we want. What what are some things you do on a daily basis to to live your dream and be unstoppable? Yes. Well, I am not a routine girl, so there's nothing I do every day. And one of the most important things with things like meditation and, and living an inspired life is to do you. You do you, right? If you're not a routine person, it's very easy, for example, to think, oh, I'm going to meditate cross-legged with this certain mudra every single day because that's what people kind of predominantly say. And then we skip a day and we start beating ourselves up and see, I can't do this and all that. You've got to do life your way, right? So I have many things. I paint regularly. I mean, my personal painting practice is where I go to kind of realign with that truth that I'm creating my reality in each and every moment. It's also a very powerful way to bring yourself present. We distract that monkey mind with the color and the symbols. Getting out in nature Hmm. is huge, whether it's walking through a park or sitting under a tree or I paraglide, (laughs) I backcountry ski. Like I do some kind of courageous uh, inspired things that, that keep me super energized. And I do meditate as well. I surround myself with other positive people. I mean, so there's so many things. It's almost like everything is a part of the practice, right? What's, what's your experience with me with say, attracting or gathering really high quality people? Well, 
I mean, some of it is, again, how you show up, what people you're attracting. I mean, we've all been in the situation, if we're not right now, where we have a friend that we've been friends with forever. And every time you get on the phone with them, they're complaining about something. Again, you don't have to have the conversation with this person. Okay, I don't want to be your friend anymore. But you might just focus on the people, even if it's one person in your life that does raise your vibration or at least match it. Consciously spend more time with them and that will expand. I think there's also we're all kind of recovering from the people pleaser, trying to fulfill other people's expectations and and comparing ourselves to others. And we're moving into a space where we recognize that Again, our own individuality is what is important to nurture. What lights you up is what's important, not what lights somebody else up or how that manifests in their life. So it, it happens naturally when that becomes a priority. I think the, that's at least when you said that thing about we've recovering from this people pleaser. I think that's very striking. How we like that with everything in life is balanced, right? How can you be someone that wants to be of service, but remember to set your own boundaries. Remember not just to do what other people want to do, that it's actually okay to say no. And it's okay to follow it. That doesn't make you a selfish person or anything else. Um, but that respecting your own boundaries and respecting like what you actually want to do and say, I appreciate it. You actually want to be in my space or get my help and so on. But I have other priorities for some of my family and friends. And something I've been struggling very much with learning once I, once I got more success in, in like the business perspective of what you would say, a lot of people would reach out and I would, I love to help people. It lights me up. But I realized that I was, I was suddenly saying yes to so many things. I was saying no to friends and family and my own exercise and stuff that lights me up as well, right? Um, and then remember and actually saying that when I, f- I found that most people respected, it's only been a very few people that's been kind of felt uh, entitled that I should, of course, be able to find time for or if I've seen them. Absolutely. Well, that's another great example of just being the change and the dynamic of ourselves as energetic beings. Because if you're giving out, expending more than you're taking in, right, you're going to become depleted. And we don't want you depleted. We want you fired up and doing what you're here to do. So it's really important for us to keep ourselves full, just like keeping the gas tank full. The car can be this beautiful, amazing, high-tech piece of wonder, but if it doesn't have gas in the gas tank, it does you no good. So we're the same way. So if people or circumstances or just the sheer number of things on the to-do list is draining you, so you've promised kind of more energy than you have, it's going to lead to burnout. It's going to lead to dis-ease. It's going to lead to conflict with all those people in your life until you understand, again, this is what's important to me and this is where I want to focus my energy and I don't have the bandwidth to, yeah. to be a part of this project with you or whatever. So, and, and the more people come to understand this, right, then the easier it will be for all of us to use that kind of language. Like, I love what you're doing, but I don't have the capacity right now to be involved in anything else. Yeah. 
Whitney, before we uh, round off and I ask where people can find out more about you, is there anything that I forgot to ask you or something that's really important to get into uh, this episode as well? Well, one thing that's coming to mind, kind of a, a simple practice that everyone can try out even today, is one connected to the images, the symbols, what you see that lights you up, right? So we perceive the millions of stimuli that our brain is receiving every second, there's, it's 80 or 85% is received through our sense of vision. So one of the ways this kind of energetic, higher consciousness type of um, frequency can get your attention is through symbols and images. So if you start seeing something out of the ordinary more than once, right? So quantum physics has also proven that whenever something repeats itself within 24 hours, just twice, that is something that you're meant to follow, right? There's a message there. There's guidance there. So if you're seeing all of a sudden, you're seeing feathers everywhere, or you're seeing lotus flowers everywhere, or you're seeing the color red, you're super attracted to wearing the color red or something, look up the symbolism of that image. If an animal crosses your path in an unusual way, look that up. And what that's doing, not only, I mean, I believe you're being offered incredible guidance through those encounters, through this visual language, this symbolic language, but it also, again, brings our psyche into a homeostasis or a level of balance because we have this logical, linear, task-oriented, fear-based, ego-driven awareness. And then we also have this very intuitive, creative, more abstract, oneness type consciousness. And so tuning into these images that you're seeing, again, it could be you see something on a coffee mug in a store and then it's repeated in a card you get in the mail. Huh, what is this? mean the animal that darts in front of your eye i've never seen a coyote in my neighborhood look up coyote medicine it distracts that logical linear mind it disrupts that uh, linear pattern of thinking and can lead to some different insight and the more you pay attention the more you will receive along those lines so if you're wanting some kind of change in your life right that's going to require you getting out of your normal the left hemisphere, the logical mind is physiologically programmed to store all of your experiences up until now. It's like the big file cabinet. And then it projects your experience up until now into the future to, um, to try and discern whether or not something you want to do different is possible. So if you want change in your life, you want to feel happier and you're looking back, well, up until now, I haven't experienced what I want to experience. That's going to get you stuck. So it's engaging that present moment, right hemisphere, intuitive, creative awareness that's going to give you the courage actually to take steps into the unknown and start doing things differently. So it's like we want to create an environment within us that is open and receptive. So even if you're saying like, oh, this is, yeah, this is woo, this show me the proof or whatever. I mean, there's lots of proof out there, but you're the best proof. This may work for you. It may not, right? But try it because the more resistant we are to something, that's a sign of where we're limiting ourselves, right? So we all move through the world during the day with our eyes open. So just 
ask for that kind of level of symbolic guidance. <laughs> Being aware. Fantastic. Whitney, where can people find out more about WhitneyFreya.com. We'll get you everywhere. Yeah. I will make sure to put that in the show notes and you're also on social media. I will, uh, I'll get Absolutely. the links in from that as well. Absolutely. And I do have, you go to Whitney Freya, you click on online programs. I have a free online program called the Life Artist Masterclass. And that is short, like five, eight to 10 minute videos. I film them outside along Bear Creek in the winter where I live. And, and I introduce you to five symbols. So it's back to this symbolic language. And I created it exactly for any of you listening who are open and curious for more. You can go and just watch the videos in the Life Artist Masterclass and you'll get a better idea of some tangible ways that you can put this into practice in your own life. Great. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. So that is easy to find. Whitney, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Mads. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share it with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.